everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself before we get started. I am a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right. You heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. This podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that aren't like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk and be real about a life with Jesus and what that looks like in 2020. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I want to let everyone know that this podcast is completely free to listen, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description and you'll find the link to become a patron of the podcast which just basically means that you'll be making a regular monthly commitment to this podcast and my YouTube channel. And we also have my link tree as well, where if you click it, you can find resources to give through there, which are PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. And we appreciate all donations, no matter what the amount is, even if it is a dollar. (laughs) We'll accept it and we'll be happy to have it. Anyways, to get into the podcast today, I am super excited because we are going to be answering some questions that I received recently from an email. There's a young man that recently reached out to me. He is from Mexico and he is a Christian brother. He basically just shared with me a little bit about his life and just some questions that he's had about sexuality for a while now and some of the things that he's struggling with. So I'm just going to go through this email with you guys. I'm going to read it and I'm going to kind of just give my feedback as I read it. So it says, Hi Samuel, I'm a Christian brother and I am from Mexico. My story may be a little long and apologies for that. I hope you can give me some advice. Also, if you ever want to reach out to me, guys, um, I am very happy to answer any questions that you might have or if you want to share with me your testimony or if you just want to talk, you can send me an email just like this guy did too and I'll be happy to receive them and talk with you. So going back to the email, he says, I've been watching your videos on YouTube. I think that I can at some level empathize with you. I've been at a church going Christian my whole life since I was born and my parents are pastors at a church. For many years since I was a teenager, I had a porn and masturbation addiction. I've been able to keep it a secret. I'm in my 20s now and at some point I started to watch different types of porn and little by little I got into some pretty dirty stuff and I feel ashamed. All right, so I'm just going to take a stop right there um, so I can give you guys a little bit of my feedback so far. So I think this is super cool that his parents are pastors at a church. Um, However, that is such a huge problem only because people who usually grow up in the church, they are not able to experience sort of like a relationship for themselves because it's kind of pushed upon them like right from birth that they are Christian, this is what they need to believe, and they aren't able to explore that or even feel the creative freedom to go and figure out why they should believe these things. It's kind of just told to them that they have to believe these things. So a lot of people that I've encountered who've been Christians their whole life, some of them haven't even had a real intimate like relationship with God. They've just been in that for so long that that's the only life that they know. 
So they think that they have a relationship with God, but most of them don't even, you know, that's not always the case, obviously, and I'm not saying it's the case with this young man, but obviously it is a lot harder to grow up in church, be told what you should believe, never question it, and never kind of figure it out for yourself. So I'm a little bit worried about that from his point of perspective. He's also talking about that he's had a porn and a masturbation addiction. This is something I can totally relate to. Before I was with Christ, I would watch pornography a lot, very frequently. It was something that I would do um, to relax myself at the end of the day. It was almost like if I smoked marijuana or if I drank, it was just a way for me to kind of relax. He says that he's been keeping it in, se in secret now and that he's in his 20s and that he's watching a lot of different types of porn and now he's gotten into a lot of really crazy dirty stuff, which is so common. This is totally how it happened. I mean, just for me personally in my experience is that when I first got into watching pornography, I was very young. I think I was probably maybe in a middle school and it was introduced to me by the internet because you know nowadays it's so easy to just get online and see something and see a picture and then click a link and then automatically you're in a pornography site and you can lie about your age and all these different things so it starts so innocently it starts so clean it's just like maybe a video of someone naked or maybe a few pictures of someone undressing and the next thing you know you are watching just things that are just so horrible and disgusting and sexually perverse. So this is totally normal. This is totally how it usually goes when it comes to pornography. You start little, but then it turns into this thing that you can't even control. And then you feel really ashamed because you're like, oh my gosh, what am I watching? Why am I watching this? Why do I like this? And we've started to little by little start to condition our minds to see this and react to it, get pleasure from it, and then see it as normal. So then the more you watch it, the more you feel like this is so wrong, but it seems so normal. And I've actually had a lot of straight men and people who watch pornography that have gotten into some dirty stuff, it's like straight men who are straight, who are attracted to women, and then they're watching gay pornography and they don't know why they're attracted to gay men. They don't know why they're attracted to things that are happening over the video screen, but they like it and it's become their normal now. A lot of people don't wanna talk about this and they wanna act like it doesn't happen, but so many people are like this young man who are living in secret and they're afraid to confess. They're afraid to say anything out of the shame of what they've been watching and what they've been doing. So let's go back into the email. He says, I knew I had a problem, but I just liked too much to stop. I try to cut off masturbation many times and sometimes I managed to stop for a month or two months, but I always relapse. Some years ago, I first experienced the attack of a sexual demon and I didn't recognize it as such at that moment, but as I learned about them, I realized what I was dealing with. Okay, let's stop right there. <laughs> because um, I wanna get into this part as well. So he's saying that he's having a problem actually stopping the masturbation, that now it's become so normal for him that he'll go around a month or two months, but then go back to the pornography. And I can totally relate to this as well. Even before I was a Christian, I thought that I had a handle on it. I was like, oh, you know, I won't watch porn for about maybe a week or two weeks or a month. Um, but really, I would always just go back to the porn. And then it wasn't until I got into Christ where I had a, a kind of a, a whole period of liberation where I didn't watch pornography. I think it was around seven or eight months where the Lord just really freed me. And then I went back to it and then I realized how much of a stronghold it had in my life and how I was dealing with a real addiction and that it was kind of my way of 
managing my mind of being able to deal with with the world and bring pleasure into my life and just like this young man is talking about here where he's saying I liked it too much to stop and I can definitely interpret that as a way of him saying that he's going through rough hard seasons and the only way for him to cope with those rough hard seasons in his life is to find pleasure in pornography at the end of the day relaxation or whatever he's also talking about how he's experiencing an attack from a sexual demon. Now, I'm not like particularly too into demonology. I do know some stuff from Derek Prince and I have listened to a lot of deliverance things and preachings, but I'm not an expert in this area. A lot of you guys may be thinking, what is a sexual demon? The only type of experiences that I've heard is you know, things like succubuses where they attack you while you're sleeping. They actually make you aroused while you're sleeping and they try to force you to have sex with them. And it's just really complicated stuff. I don't wanna to get too into it, but I know that people are out there suffering from a lot of demonic attacks because they've kind of opened the door from pornography. They've kind of opened the door from premarital sex and they've allowed these demons to have the right of way into their lives, even if they're a Christian. So if you actually go to Derek Prince and you start looking up some resources from Derek Prince, he is a preacher and a pastor, he's now passed away, but he was very into demonology and understanding deliverance. And I pulled up a PDF that I think was really helpful. And on the PDF, which is on his website, that's called Deliverance and Demonology, um, number two on the PDF says four common reasons why full deliverance is not obtained. It says A, a lack of true repentance. B, a failure to confess certain sins. C, a failure to forgive others. And D, a failure to break with the occult. And the Bible verses are attached on there as well. So there's a, a couple of different reasons why this sexual demon may be attacking this young man. Um, I believe it is there's some things that he's let in that he needs to renounce, that he needs to get deliverance from, um, especially if it's a demonic attack that is so apparent um, that he's recognizing this and knows exactly what it is. So going back into the email, he says, I am a straight man. However, since I watched many types of porn for years, now I get aroused by other things, not just women. If I see a naked woman in any medium, it is not enough for me to be aroused. But if I see these other things, I do get aroused. It makes me feel sick of myself. But at the same time, I can't avoid fantasizing about it. All right, we're going to take another break here. So like I was saying, he's a straight man. But now that he's been watching porn, it's desensitized him to things that he's seen. And now women are not the only thing that is getting him aroused. Just like I said that this happens for a lot of people. Like a lot of people, they start off very small, just looking at things that we would consider normal, which are not even normal, are sexually perverse. And now he's watching other things. And he's worried about the things that he's watching, but he seems to be getting pleasure from it. Clearly, he knows this is not okay. He feels sick all the time. And he can't stop avoiding fantasizing about these things. And that's kind of just like... When we open up that door, when we start to watch these things, like we give those powers and those de demons the right of way to fill our minds up with everything that we've seen beforehand. And obviously, I have some things that have worked for me, which I'm going to discuss a little bit later on, but let's get right back into the email. I've prayed many times to God so he could take away from me these inclinations 
but I'm still tempted to watch that kind of porn likewise. I've prayed so that he could protect me from these sexual demons that harass me at night. I feel them over me and they attack me even when I've asked God for forgiveness and protection when I'm about to sleep. Sometimes I go to bed afraid that I will be harassed that night and I try to resist them, but it's a horrible feeling. Recently, I've counted it's happened five times this month. Yes, it's not as frequent as when I didn't pray and seek God, but it baffles me that it still happens. And to be fair, however, the last time it happened, I had searched porn images for like a minute and I can't help feeling responsible for it. All right, let's take a pause right there from the email. I feel for this young man like i understand what what it is to feel like you don't have control over the things that you're watching and the things that you're doing and you feel so helpless in these types of situations so i can totally understand how he's feeling and how even in those moments you know you just you go and you look at porn for like one minute and then you feel responsible and then you feel guilty and you feel shame and and all of this is the plan of the devil all of this is um just distraction that he's using to get you away from God, to get you away from the real pleasure in him, which is in Christ Jesus. He's saying that he's praying so many times and that he's praying for protection, but nothing is really happening. Um, I think that the cause of that can be due to so much. I don't want to make any judgments because I know I don't have enough information about this situation to really carefully say exactly what's going on. And even if I did have that information, I don't think I would have the exact answer. But one of the things that, you know, from my experience that I learned about my uh, pornography addiction was that I wanted my pleasure more than I wanted God. Even though I knew I wanted God and I wanted him in my life and I wanted to get closer to him, it felt like my pleasure, my selfishness, the things that I wanted were more important than the things of God. And you know what? I don't even think I would be here today if it wasn't for my community, my my parents praying for me, my friends praying for me. Because we think that we can do this fight alone. We think that we can take on these things alone, but actually we cannot. No matter how many times I try to pray with God by myself and ask him for strength and deliverance, There is power in unity. There is power with me confessing unto other people. Hey, I'm dealing with these things. I need you to pray for me. When we come together, two or three or more are gathered, it says Jesus is there with us. And a lot of people, the first thing that they want to do is that they don't want to tell anyone. They want to lock themselves up in a corner. They want to feel shame. They want to feel guilty. Um, They don't want anyone to know what's going on with them. But that's actually the best thing that they could do is to actually tell people in their lives, obviously, who they trust and tell them about what's going on in their life. Because the more that they get that out there and they pray about it and they worship God and and they come together in unity, you know, three or four people, the more protection, the more strength, the more God hears the prayer and he's able to release you from these pornographic images or from these demons. And, you know, I have found it that I legit would not be where I am if it wasn't for the prayers of my mom, my dad, my friends in ministry, and the people in church, and all of the people online who are praying for me. So I think this young man right now is really struggling to try to do this by himself. And I think the number one advice just from reading just just this little part is to actually tell people in your life about what you're going through 
and let them be an accountability partner for you. And also share this with someone who you know is not gonna judge you, someone who you know is going to pray for you correctly and rightly, who's on your side, who understands what you're going through, that they've been through this before too. Don't go around telling the religious or the people who are not gonna help, the people who don't care, the people who are not gonna pray with you, the people who are just gonna be like, you need deliverance and I'm not gonna help you with that. I'm not gonna fast with you. I'm not gonna do anything. Like you just need to go somewhere and get that taken care of. No, tell the people in your lives who are going to fast with you, who are gonna give something up, who are gonna pray, who are going to text you, call you, spend time with you, talk about your feelings, what you're going through, what are the things that are frustrating you. Those are the types of people that you wanna confide in because the more that you try to keep this to yourself, the more bondage that you have. Even though our individual prayers are great and the Lord definitely answers them, I believe that in numbers, there's more power. In numbers, there's unity. And the Holy Spirit definitely loves unity. When it comes to something like demonic attacks and demonic thoughts, I think there has to be another person involved, two, three, four people involved, praying for you, being there for you, fasting with you. And trust me, all of that is a very humbling process because when you go up to someone and you say, hey, I'm the pastor's kid, or I run a ministry, or whatever the case may be, or I've been a Christian for a long time, a lot of people are judgmental. And even the ones who say they're not gonna judge you are judging you a little bit. But the question is, do you care about people's judgments? or do you care about being free? Do you care more about what people think about you or do you care more about your freedom in Christ? And that could be the process of being healed, honestly. So going back into the email, he says, right now I've been able to cut off masturbation for more than four months, perhaps the longest time I've done it since I started masturbating. Also, I've avoided porn sites for the most part for about the same time. The thing is that I am a younger man with a strong sexual drive and I've decided that I don't wanna get married. However, that's the only context in which God allows you to explore your sexual dimension. I'm still not sure if I want to reject my sexual life since I'm a virgin and in many ways a frustrated incel. In fact, I've never experienced what it's like to be in a romantic relationship and it hurts me to think about it. All right, so taking a break from the email, he's saying that he's been away from masturbation for four months, which honestly, congratulations, bro. That is a really long time. And I hope that you're continuing that and I hope that that keeps going. And he's also saying that he hasn't watched porn, which is really, really great. I also have a question. I know he can't physically answer, but I hope that you're staying away from things like porn as well. So like, personally, um, anything that might trigger that. So people who are texting you, who might send you nudes, or if you are on social media and you see something like a, a girl in a bikini, or, you know, just like little things that are gonna trigger. I hope that you know what your trigger is and that you're actually avoiding those things as well. He says that he doesn't wanna get married, but that he feels like he can only explore his sexuality in marriage. Like he can only have sex as he's, if he's in marriage, which is true. Like obviously you don't wanna have premarital sex. You don't wanna be fooling around with anyone. That's not the biblical way to be doing things. However, I would ask why he doesn't wanna be married. Like I guess he's taken some type of choice where he feels as though God doesn't want him to be married or something. Let's just keep reading to get into it. So he says, but again, as you mentioned in one video, my honest motivation here is my lust, not the desire to build a reciprocal relationship. I don't want kids and I don't want the pressure nor the responsibilities of marriage, meaning that if I want to follow God's will, I must remain virgin and chaste like the Apostle Paul. I've been thinking about it for a long time and it's hard at my age to make such a compromise. The idea of not experiencing sexual pleasure again in my life seems like a very huge sacrifice. 
All right, we're going to pause. So this basically answered the question that I had before, um, which is why he doesn't want to be married. And actually just really looking at this, dude, I think I think that if you have a strong sexual drive, number one, you should thank God for that because there's a lot of people out there who have no sexual drive. So if God has given you a sexual drive, I think that's a really good thing. But I also see here that a lot of the source of this lust and what I'm seeing is that you're kind of a, a little bit selfish and I don't want you to take this in the wrong way. Um, but you don't want to get married because you don't want to have responsibilities of someone else in your life. And sex is actually all about like not just ourselves. It's all about the other person as well. God created sex so that we could become one. So that person can become a part of ourselves. So when you say you don't want to get married and that's the only way that you can have sex is through marriage. All I am hearing like through that is that you don't want to get married because you're very comfortable with yourself. And that, I mean, that is, I guess, fine. But remember that a Christian life is not really about what makes you comfortable. It is about learning how to deal with other people. It's about learning how to love other people. It's about learning how to discipline ourselves, how to do the things that we don't want to do. Now, I'm also not saying that you should get married just so that you can learn how to discipline yourself. No, I think that honestly, I think that if you have this strong sexual desire and the Lord um, wants you to be married, that he's going to bring the right girl who you're going to fall in love with and you're going to have feelings with. And it's not going to feel like a chore for you. It's not going to feel like something of a responsibility. But of course, you have to be open to having these feelings for someone else. But if you think that it's okay, but if you think that the Lord is honestly leading you to a life of celibacy, then honestly, that's business with you and God. I also looked up this word incel. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right because I didn't know what the definition of this was. And it basically means um, involuntary celibacy. Um, and it's a person who defines themselves as unable to find a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one. So I guess you are desiring a partner, but you don't know how to love another person without the responsibility feeling heavy. I really honestly wish there was more information in this email, but all of this is honestly very hard, even if there was information because there's not just like a one answer fits all. So going back to the email, it says, I was even depressed for a while thinking about suicide, but there were many factors involved in that. I try to keep my mind on other things and I try to exercise regularly. I try to focus on work to earn more money and yet every morning that I get aroused, I usually suffer inside. All right, so taking a break from that, um, I see, you know, there. in order to really fully analyze this entire thing, dude, um, I would need to know why you're feeling depressed, what are some of those factors, you know, because some people, they feel depressed because they were abused as a child. They feel depressed because they don't feel like they have any purpose in life. Um, they're thinking about suicide because they don't feel like they have a valuable future ahead of them. So I wish I knew more about his situation, but I think the depression that this guy is experiencing just from this email is that it sounds like he is a Christian and he wants to love God, but he doesn't know or have a purpose yet. Um, he's confused as to his relationships right now. Um, he's also kind of in one foot and out the other with the pornography thing. And I think there's just a lot of confusion. And I think I think something that will really, really help in this situation is spending a lot of alone time with God, praying with God and asking him and not in a religious ways where you're just praying for like five hours a day and you're speaking in tongues and all that stuff, which is totally just religious. I think more just having a real honest conversation with God and 
asking him, God, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing in this life? Am I supposed to be a missionary? Am I supposed to be a businessman? Because when you find your purpose in life, when you have a vision and when you have a mission, and Dr. Miles Monroe actually talks a lot about this, so I would recommend reading one of his books. When you have that vision and you have that mission, you have something to fix your eyes on. For me, for example, I think one of the things that really helped me to get away from the pornography, get away from those addictions, get away from my life of sex and escape the homosexual lifestyle was having something to focus on, remembering the blessings of God, remembering that I have my identity in Christ now, that I am loved by him, that he loves me, that he is my ultimate end goal, that this life isn't it, that there is a next life to come and I need to prepare for the next life. So having that goal in mind and everything that he told me that I was going to accomplish in my lifetime, I try to fix my eyes on that. I try to fix my eyes on intimacy and relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the one thing that helps me to move forward past my addictions, past my sexuality, past my selfishness, to stay focused and fixed on him so that I can live a proper Christian lifestyle that makes me act and look like Christ. So I think that's really gonna help you, dude. I think that is gonna be one of the things that is actually gonna help a lot of people is just like, if we don't have a roadmap, if we don't have a direction that we're going to go, then we can get really confused on the way, you know? So I think that most times when we fall into depression, when we fall into pornography, when we fall into all these different things, it's because we don't have our eyes fixed. We don't have a goal. We're not working towards anything. And if we do have one, it's become clouded. It's, we've become distracted. So we're not on the right road path just yet. And I think clearing that up with just you and Jesus, asking him that, reading scriptures, allowing people to prophesy over your life, what they see in you. Those are some practical ways that you can actually start to fix your eyes onto those goals so that you can move past the self-pleasure, the selfishness, not wanting to have relationship and all those different types of things. And remember that relationship isn't going to fix any of these things. Like even if, for example, you do get into a marriage and then you have lots of sex, like that is not going to fix your problem. You're still going to want to go to the pornography. You're still going to want to explore all these things that you've been fantasizing about that. So marriage is not this like perfect sticker that's just going to fix all your problems. It's actually probably going to emphasize your problems even more. And then now you're going to have to be responsible for another person and what and the hurt that you're causing them because of all the things that you're doing that is not right. So I think finding your identity, understanding your identity, getting that roadmap, figuring out that vision, that mission for your life is really going to help you to stay focused, stay clear so that when those distractions come, when that temptation comes, you're able to repeat it. It's a battlefield of the mind, which is another person that I really like, which is Joyce Mayer. I recommend reading that book, Battlefield of the Mind, so that in those moments, you know how to attack. You're going to say, no, I know the promises that Jesus has for me. No, I know that I have an accountability partner that I need to talk to tomorrow no, I'm not going to let this personal pleasure get in the way of my relationship with Christ. But if you have no plan, if you have no vision, if you haven't been spending time with Jesus, all of those things are going to be so clouded. And when that temptation comes, it's just the devil is going to know exactly how to get you. He's going to know what thoughts to put into your mind. It's all like, it's just habit. Like the devil isn't really all that smart. He just knows how we're going to react because of what we've given to him before in the past. And yeah, trust me, I know how hard it is, especially in the mornings, you know, for you might be mornings, for somebody it might be nighttime, you know, when the temptation comes and I know that, you know, there's just so many different factors when it comes to all of this that it's so hard to kind of just pinpoint what is going wrong. There could be so many things that are happening, but I feel you. I understand you. I know that you're not the only one dealing with this and there are literally probably thousands of other Christians that are dealing with this thing. 
and they don't even know how to confront it. And so many people have so many different types of solutions. Like for example, for me, when I was really dealing with this and struggling with this, like I went looking everywhere for solutions and there's so many people with so many different advice and I didn't know what to hear and I didn't know what was right. But just being 100% real and 100% honest, I think the number one thing that has helped me the most is numbers, is accountability, is having people in my life who are praying with me and also me myself knowing my mission and my vision of what I want to accomplish. And my ministry is a big part of that. Like one of the reasons why I try to continue in sexual purity is because I want to make sure that whatever I am doing and saying, I'm not just doing and saying it publicly, but I'm also doing and saying it just in private when only me and God are there. I want to really, really live my life the way that I say that I live my life. And there's gonna be moments in your walk where you're gonna say, okay, this is not helping, I need to cut that off. And this friend over here has been giving me some bad advice, I need to cut that off. But anyways, going back into the email. He says, as I understand, you've said that Jesus is enough to fulfill me, that if I seek him, I can derive enough pleasure and meaning to not miss sexual pleasure. I hope God answers my prayer and the Holy Spirit fills me with his presence. Since I haven't received it, it makes me think I'm not pure enough. I admit that I've not searched for him as hard as I could. Should I pray many hours a day? Should I fast? Should I avoid watching any movie or series that shows sexual scenes? Should I quit masturbation the rest of my life? I once heard a brother say that masturbation was the safe way God had given us to release the sexual tension so we don't actually sin. As long as we don't fantasize with someone else or become addicted, however, I think there's so much gray area in that interpretation. Okay, let's take a break right there. Just kind of break that down as well. So he's saying that I have said that Jesus is enough to fulfill him, that if he seeks Jesus enough, that he's going to get pleasure and he's not going to miss um, the sexual pleasure, which... I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know if I've said that in a video before, but I don't necessarily see it in that way. I think that number one, the flesh never goes away. The flesh is always gonna want what the flesh wants. However, the more we push the flesh down, the weaker it gets, and the more we ignore those temptations and we learn how to combat them through our spiritual lives, the more they won't be able to affect us. So I don't think that we're necessarily ever just gonna be like, oh, I miss not having sex, oh, I miss not watching pornography because the flesh is always going to be thinking about those things. It's just getting into a state of mind where that doesn't even pop into your mind anymore. Like pornography, the fantasizing, all those different things. You're so deep into God's word. You're so deep into loving Jesus, worshiping God, your vision and your mission of your life that he's asked you to do things, that when those thoughts come, when that fleshly nature comes, when you're having a bad day or a hard day and, and the devil knows this is his one chance to take you down, you're gonna be like, nope, I'm gonna pray. Nope, I'm gonna do this. Nope, I, I have a plan, you know? So I don't think it necessarily like you, you derive so much pleasure from Jesus that you're just like, oh my gosh, I never miss sex. Oh my gosh, I never miss pornography. You know, all these different things. Like, no, it doesn't really work like that. Although, Jesus is totally enough. I've had moments with God that are unlike anything I could have ever experienced in sex. Jesus and intimacy with him is better than anything I could ever experience. I've had moments in worship and in moments when I'm reading my Bible and moments when I'm talking to people about Jesus that I just, I can't get anywhere. Like drugs can't give me that, sex can't give me that. So yes, there are moments when Jesus can fulfill you and does fulfill you. However, he, he's also talking about in this email 
um, that he doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit um, is filling him and that he hasn't received the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, there's a lot of like theology that goes into that. But I think Ephesians tells us very clearly that once you accept Jesus Christ through faith, that he died as the atonement for your sins, that you have received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And number one, I think there's a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit, like receiving a full manifestation of his power and his presence and actually just having the Holy Spirit. I believe, I'm a huge believer that as soon as you have faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think to what he's referring to in this email when he's talking about how he hasn't received it, I think maybe you're talking about a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that, I think, I'll share with you the first time that I felt the Holy Spirit that, honestly, I had been in Pentecostal churches and in Baptist churches, and I didn't think that, like, manifestations of the Holy Spirit were all that real because I had never personally experienced it for myself, and I had been a Christian for a really long time already. I had accepted Jesus. But I think I was probably maybe seven months into my real born-again walk with Christ, and I was fasting at the time, and I think it was like a six day or a seven days that I was into the fast, and I went to a prayer meeting at my church, and we had an opportunity to pray for the person that was next to us, and the person that was next to me was my pastor because I was sitting in the front row, and I wasn't really even thinking about anything crazy. I was just like, okay, cool. I get to pray for my pastor, so he prayed for me, and then I asked him if I could pray for him, and I went and I put my hand on him and I just started regularly doing my regular prayer and out of nowhere I felt this fire come out of my stomach and go all the way up to my mouth and like the words wanted to come out but I couldn't even find the right words so I was speaking in tongues like I was just like I was like speaking and I I didn't even understand what I was saying because I felt like there was something that needed to come out you know like uh, something that needed to be said and and I had said like some things here and there in the prayer like I was prophesying and it was so crazy and then after I finished with the prayer I thought everyone was experiencing that I thought everyone had just gone through what I I went through so I I turned around and I looked at my um, friend who was standing right next to me and I asked them, oh my gosh, did you feel that? Did you feel that fire? Did you feel like that that thing in your stomach? Like, I, And they're like, uh, what is this guy on? Is he like on drugs or something? And I felt like I was on drugs. Like I felt crazy. I felt so hyped up. Like I never experienced anything like that. And it really came at a time when I was not expecting it. I actually didn't even want to go to that prayer meeting to begin with because I was feeling so weak and I was fasting and it just happened to me. You know, I I wasn't even praying for something like that. I think I was just doing my regular prayers, which is just to get closer to God. So I think what you're describing here in this email is that you haven't received a manifestation, um, a full indwelling of the Holy Spirit where he comes upon you and he takes over and there's tongues and You know, everyone has a different experience of what happens or how they feel the Holy Spirit. But I don't, I wouldn't say that you don't have the Holy Spirit because trust me, you would not be concerned or convicted or feeling bad or feeling ashamed or feeling like you're not in right relationship with Christ if you didn't have the Holy Spirit. Because all of those things, conviction, um, things that lead you to Christ come from the Holy Spirit. So... It is the Holy Spirit that gives us those wants to actually want to do things and live life the way that Christ would want us to live it. So I guess my advice is if you're trying to receive that indwelling and that manifestation, the the Bible actually says it really clearly, like the Holy Spirit comes and goes like a wind and it never, I forget the exact verse, 
but basically you never know when it's going to come and when it's going to go like it's kind of just kind of up to god you know so i would say honestly a fast worked for me um but i think i had fasted previously to that and i didn't feel anything like that so i think it's just a matter of continuing and asking and knocking on that door like i think it's in in, in the book of james where it, it tells you to continually pray to continually ask god for these things so if you're looking for that indwelling that manifestation of the holy spirit i would say don't try to force it just try to walk in intimacy with christ just try to build that relationship as you would with a regular person if i want to get closer to jesus christ if i want to get closer to the holy spirit i need to start acknowledging the holy spirit i need to start when i get in my car i need to start saying oh hello holy spirit um what are you thinking about today how are you feeling today is there something that you would want me to do today um thanking the holy spirit thanking jesus you know um asking for forgiveness every single day reading scriptures every single day because that's how god speaks back to us so i would just treat your relationship with jesus like you would treat a relationship with a friend and contending and praying for those things that you want to see so if you want freedom from pornography contending and praying for that if you want the indwelling of the holy spirit and a manifestation of the holy spirit then praying every single day for that if you're going through a really hard tough season and you need some freedom you know i think fasting is a great thing to do fasting with no food maybe juicing there's so many different fasts that you could do but those are all options those are all things that you could do to say hey jesus like i really do care i want to get back into right relationship with you i want you to know that a relationship with you takes priority in my life and then you also said something about should i avoid watching any movie or series that show sexual scenes i mean definitely if this is something that you're struggling with um i think listen to the spirit like especially for people who are listening that are it's not this young man um just listen to the holy spirit like if that's something that you're struggling with and you know that you can't handle and that it's going to bring you actually closer to watching pornography or to being tempted then yeah it's something that you need to cut out like for example for me i think one of the things that i did that was the best thing i could have done was i collected all of my dvds from my room and i've told this story before i had a collection of dvds um that were harmless you know just popular culture dvds of all types of movies, horror and everything. And I put them in a bag and I threw them out. Like I didn't even give them away. I didn't I didn't give them to a goodwill because I was like these are not good for my spirit. I don't want anyone else to have this. That is not going to be good for their spirit. So I threw them away. So I think knowing your triggers and it's a trial and error kind of thing. Like I remember I used to write down oh, today I fell into pornography because I watched this or I was on Instagram scrolling or I was watching a series on Netflix and then I learned, okay, if last time those things tempted me and triggered me, I'm not going to put myself in the position again to be tempted and to be triggered. He also says, should I quit masturbation for the rest of my life? And then he said that he heard someone that said masturbation was a safe way to release sexual tension. And you know what? This is so funny because I heard someone in the church tell me this too. I remember I was sitting in a car with one of my Christian friends and I asked him, "Oh, how did you do it? You know, how did you get over watching pornography?" Because there, I'm telling you, so many guys struggle with this, but nobody talks about it. <laughs> so he he basically told me, "Oh yeah, for the first time I started like I just actually got rid of the porn and then I would continue to masturbate and then eventually instead of masturbating I would take cold showers and then in, instead of doing cold showers I just didn't need it anymore and you know I think I don't know if that was real if he was lying to me if maybe he was still stuck in that but that did not work for me at all I remember I tried that one time like I was like oh I'm just going to watch I mean well I'm just going to masturbate I'm not going to watch pornography and then I ended up watching pornography because I got started you know so it's like 
I don't I don't think I think that yes, you should quit masturbation. And I think the best thing to do instead of actually masturbating for self-pleasure, because what is the problem here? The problem is here is that you're not confronting your issues. You're learning how to cope with your issues. So an issue comes up and then you're like, oh my gosh, I need pleasure. So like, oh, today I had a hard day. So now I need to go and watch pornography or um, there's an emptiness in me. So we got to tackle the root. We can't just tackle the shallow. Like we can't just try to make habits that are going to tackle and not that are going to tackle the shallow and not dig deep into the root. What's the root? You feel empty. You feel like... Like you had a bad situation. So how can I take care of that? What do I have to do to take care of that? My response, my first thing should be to go to Jesus. I need to go to pray. I need to go to worship. I need to go to my prayer journal. I need to read scriptures. I need to, when that time of temptation comes because I'm learning how to cope, um, I, the first thing I need to look for is Jesus. I don't need to develop these habits that are just gonna replace one problem with another problem, if that makes any sense. So a lot of people, instead of watching pornography, then they just eat their lives away. So every time that they have a problem and when they used to watch pornography, they just go to the Chick-fil-A or they go to the Taco Bell and then they start eating and then they gain immense amount of weight. That's coping. So instead of coping, you need to ask yourself the question, why? Why do I feel this way right now? What is causing me to feel this way right now? And then ask the why to that. And then ask the why to that. And then ask the why to that. So that you can figure out what is the root of the issue. What's going on inside of your heart. And then bring that root. Don't try to solve that root because you're not going to be able to. Obviously, you've been coping this whole time. Bring that root to Christ. Start telling people that root issue. Start trying to figure out with other individuals, with your leaders, with your church community, why you're having this root issue and start contending for that. Once again, masturbating is wrong because it's a form of self-gratification and pleasure. And it's conceiving an idea within our minds that when things get tough, instead of facing our problems head on, we need to just go and pleasure ourselves, which is extremely selfish. And it's not something that we knowingly do. Like, it's not something that we're just like, I want to be selfish right now. So I'm not blaming you or anything like that. But it's the reality. We don't want to fix our problems. We just want to cope with our problems. We want to be able to do things and take care of things in the fastest way possible. We are that generation of immediate gratification, instant gratification, and we need to tend to the root of the issues. So the email continuing on and it ends here. It says, I'm not really sure what I should do. If you can, please give me your thoughts and what you would do. Thank you for taking the time and God bless. So dude, I hope that this has been helpful. Obviously this is a podcast and it's only like 40, 30 minutes long. So I can't get into everything. Um, super in-depth, but this is just kind of like a shallow perspective of what I think and how you should be reacting. But just to remember two things, I think two of the things that have helped me the most in tackling and escaping my sexual desires is number one, putting God first, understanding his vision and his mission for my life, having a purpose in him, and staying fixed on that purpose. Kind of like when Peter was walking on the waters, he was fixed on Jesus. He wasn't thinking about what was going down underneath his feet and the waves that were coming. He was actually just fixed on Jesus' eyes. And the minute that he tried to actually look down and see what was going on with the waves is when he actually started to sink. It's the same thing. Focus on Jesus. Start to put your mind on the things of him. Ask him what your purpose is. Ask him what that mission is. 
and allow other people in your life who you trust to tell you as well and guide you in that process. And then the second thing is confession and exposing things, putting it out there so that it no longer is in secret and people can keep you accountable. So I hope that has helped. For those of you guys who are listening, thank you for getting to the end of this podcast. And I hope that this has been somewhat clear. This is my first time really tackling these type of issues publicly. And I hope that it's been helpful. All right, guys, so I am gonna go. If you guys wanna reach out to me, you guys can. United12 at gmail.com. Send me an email or DM me on Instagram. I always respond. And just know that I love you guys. I appreciate when you guys listen to me on my podcast and on my YouTube. And trust me that nothing is impossible with God and all of it is for our good in Him. All right, guys, have an awesome day. Peace.